Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We've got a very special show, a year in review. 2020 has been, uh, we can at least say, a roller coaster uh, for most people. And so Dean and I want to come and share with you guys uh, some of the some of the lessons that we've learned from our own businesses, from talking with a bunch of you guys, and uh, and just kind of like draw a line under what has happened this year. It's tough to believe it's the end of the year, and uh, he's galloping into the studio right now as I speak. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the one and only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mister Dean Holland. <laughs> I was late. I was late on the trumpet. The delay was just divine. <laughs> well, uh, how are you doing, my friend? Excellent. So you were in a you're in a different location today, as everybody well, could see. Well, what it was, I thought the office looked a bit too clean, so I put a green screen behind me and just made it look like I was in a grimy garage or something. No, I love it. I think that's <laughs> a that's a great way to do this show. Um, and. <laughs> And, and you know, it's funny. There's uh, there's been so many changes for everything and everybody with all the ups and downs this year. So why would have you having a different background be any different? It seems fitting. <laughs> well, very to, true. Very yeah. true. And in fact, I think as we're doing this show, where it's like a year in review and the lessons learned, what better way to do it than to actually say, you know what, I can't go into the office today. I'm going right. to have to isolate at home and stay away from every everyone in public. That That is a symbol of 2020, right? <laughs> well, and I feel like you're doing the public a service by isolating yourself so they don't have to see you. I, I was going to say, this is nothing to do with what's gone on this year, is it? You you would permanently have me self-isolate if you could. I would. I would. <laughs> I would I would also permanently let you have like the lens cap over your video camera. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, it's going to be a good show apparently. I think so. So, um so we've got uh we've got some things that we want to share um I think on some level with each other, right? Yeah. Right? And uh and let everybody else uh in on some of our thoughts about you know various lessons learned uh from this year. It's crazy to believe uh you know that we're right up here bumping up against Christmas 2021. Um, you know, feels like just yesterday was February or March, and then we all had to stay home. <laughs> and, right. And now here we are. Right. And, uh, Would you believe it was uh last time I, I stepped foot onto a plane and left this rock of the UK was actually to uh come out to Boise uh in October of 2019. So wow. That's that, 15 months. That's crazy. That is crazy. That, that is, is crazy. absolutely crazy. Um so so I've um so I so getting right into it one of the practices that I have had for a pretty good chunk of this year I wouldn't say the whole year but I think uh probably about halfway on forward is jur- journaling has always been something that everybody said like journaling is really good for you you should journal mm-hmm. and 
and it's been tough for me, honestly, to get into any kind of journaling practice. I'm like, ah, like, I don't know. I already know what I think. Like, why do I need to write it down? You know, there's like all this sort of resistance. Like, I feel like I'm talking to myself. Um, but I started a really simple, uh, simple journaling, uh, practice and I, I do two lines a day. So I set the bar really low, um, so that I would feel inclined to do it. And one of the lines is what am I grateful for today? Or what, you know, what feels like a win, you know, something like that. And the other one is what is a lesson that I've learned today? And Mm -hmm. so now I'm looking back at this year and I have this super long list of lessons learned. And That's incredible. And it's kind of cool. When right? you first said the first line of like being grateful, I was like, oh, I've heard this, I've heard this concept before, this science behind this stuff, etc. But yeah. I haven't necessarily heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and uh, and as so- as that sounds like a lesson I learned today, but how great to be able to go back, like you just said. That's incredible. Well, and the other thing that's been been cool is that at the end of the day, it forces me to focus for a minute, be mm. like, like, what did I like? You know, there's there's the uh, sort of the accomplishments that we create, right? You know, I made some sales, or I did this, or I did that. But what what did I take away from it, right? Like, yeah. how did I improve as a result of today? And I found a tremendous amount of satisfaction in doing this lesson learned each day. And I don't I don't want you or anybody listening to get the wrong idea. Have I missed days? A hundred percent. But. <laughs> But it has been, um, on the whole, more way more successful than I could have anticipated. And so my first thing that I want to share with you and with everybody listening is just this practice of causing yourself to sit down at the end of the day and be like, what on earth did I learn today? Right? I just spent mm-hmm. you know, eight hours, 10 hours doing whatever. Where Did I come away a better person? And, right. and I think... I think what's what's been really cool about it is we can all come away a better person from every day, but writing it down crystallizes what that actually was, and uh, and then we don't lose the learning, and we're able to uh, you know adapt and adjust, and I think grow faster. So that that's the first thing that I had on my mind. Well, I I didn't know we were going to lead in with such epic, monumental things there. I mean, my mind is going crazy just thinking about what you've just said. Like, so think like I am actually like genuinely as much as I would love to take jabs at you here or something just horrible towards you. I can't because what I'm thinking <laughs> is for like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm thinking awful things all the time, but this time is just not not relevant for those thoughts. But <laughs> <laughs> but like as I think through what you've just said there, that simple tip. Of, of, of writing down each day a lesson learned. Like, just think, like, let's imagine that you do adopt it as a great habit. I mean, let's say you're not perfect. You do 300 lessons in 365 days. Now, you've got something to refer back to, look back on yourself. I imagine that being an incredible exercise when you're looking at the end of year review, planning for the year ahead. What yeah. did I learn this past year? What were the 300 lessons that I documented that I can learn from going forwards with what I'm planning next year? So you've got self-development in yourself like you say, for the growth of your business. But I like think about how else that comes in. I mean, immediately to my mind, I'm thinking a product. Yeah. The, the top 300 lessons 
I learned in 2020 in business. Oh, shoot. That's awesome. Like I hadn't even thought about productizing this till I Re- talked to you. Repurposing that content. So it can be completely selfish for yourself. You can just learn from you and then deploy that from your own self. Yep. Or you can repurpose that. It could be social media content. There's your next 300 days of Instagram posts for somebody like you that's such a social media icon. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Seriously, like meme card, like visuals posted on social media, the lessons, lesson number one, let two, all the way throughout the year. There's your next year's content for yeah. social media. Put it in a report. There's your next lead magnet. Package it up into a product. There's your next product. Like, damn, I think you just come up with something quite magic. Well, I think it was the mat. The magic was brought by both of us. Well, I like to sprinkle a little something where I can, but <laughs> yeah. This is the, and my lesson today is going to be, you know, lesson, you know, three hundred and forty whatever. Dean finally contributes to, <laughs> to the show. <laughs> it took twelve months and so many days, and I said yeah. something. <laughs> oh, That's dude. right. So, uh, so, so I guess I, I sort of started with that just to say that I do have, um, and I don't even know how I'm going to pick, but I do have uh, a bunch of lessons. Um, and you know, some, some of them, uh, some of them I feel like are appropriate. Some of them are very, you know, uh, kind of personal. Um, but one that goes along with what we're talking about here is, uh, something I wrote down actually earlier this month. Um, if a habit, um, isn't so small that it feels stupid. It's not small enough to get started. Meaning it felt ridiculous to be like, Oh, I'm just going to do this one line a day. That feels stupid. Right. Right. And I feel like a lot of times we're like, I'm not going to do that. And this was this way of thinking was influenced by a couple of books that I read this year. Um, one of them was, uh, I think, uh, called flexible habits, another one called mini habits. And it was, if the habit feels stupid. Like I'm going to do one push-up, or I'm going to write one line in my journal. That's a sign that it's a great place for you to start that habit. Because if it feels so small that it would be ridiculous not to do it, you're going to do it. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, uh, so, so kind of piggybacking on this one line a day, that was Mm -hmm. one of the lessons that I learned from doing this. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great lesson. It's funny as you were saying it, I was thinking, Oh, I've got to share with you uh, a a real life example. And then you actually did touch on it there when you said uh, one push up. So uh, you will know James and people can't see me fully, but I've, I've managed to lose a good amount of weight over the past, like three, four, five months. Well, and and I I was wondering if that's why you showed up to the show in your lingerie today to show off. (laughs) I won't put the camera any further down just for the, uh, for the benefit of everyone watching. But uh, but one of the things that I decided to start doing, other than adapting my my diet and what I was actually consuming, was I found that I had a natural tendency to find any excuse in the world not to work out. You know, yeah. this year with what came about, oh, I can't go to the gym now. Oh, I, I wanted to try. You know, it was like any excuse. You know, I've got a multi-gym thing. You can probably see the edge of it there. Yeah. That's like a pulley string. I've got some gym stuff here. And I was always like, oh, but it's so cold in the garage. We need heaters. Once we've got heaters, then I can, you know, always find (laughs) excuses. So I just decided something one day when I was like, this has to stop. How do I break this, this pattern? And so I just, I decided, well, let me see how many press-ups I can do. Mm. And I went to American friends. Those are called push-ups. 
right? <laughs> I don't know what they I, call them in Zhangzhou. Right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I managed six. As embarrassing as that is for me to say on air, I managed six. So what I decided to do, I one, I said that was pathetic for me. And so I decided, well, 10, I need to push myself and I need to be able to do 10. And I'm going to do 10 press-ups every day. Now, instead of trying to force myself to get up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m., I said, any time in the day, whenever I have a second, I will, right. wherever I am, I will do 10 press-ups. Right. And that's what I've done. And I've done that every day, seven days a week. I've I've done it at my desk in the office. I've I've done it just before going to bed because I've not done it for the rest of the day. Yeah. I've done it in the kitchen while I've been cooking my dinner, just on the kitchen. So like literally, and just taking those, like, like you've said, it felt like a small thing, like 10 press-ups. But I've done that every day now, and I can easily, easily, and I've been doing that maybe like six weeks. I can easily push 20, 30 now without even having to stop. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, ex that's exactly what we're talking about here, right? But initially, and that's why I raised it. Initially, it felt stupid. Like, I probably wouldn't have felt confident telling you on air that I did six press-ups yeah. at the beginning of that because it felt stupid. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. by pushing myself with the stupid, just like you've said, it, it's worked. Yeah, because it's so it's so easy to just be like, all right, I'll I'll just do it, right? It's no big deal, right? And and then you get this whole compound benefit, um, which I think is very very underrated in progress, because everybody everybody wants to see progress in like these big strides and you know yeah. monumental things that are going to cause fireworks and celebration and everything else. It's like progress is made like one small step at a time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're just going to like share some of our biggest lessons from this year, business mindset, personal, um, otherwise in the hopes that it helps, um, it helps some of you guys listening to really take a chance to reflect on what were your lessons mm. from the year what you learn and, um, you know, what, uh, maybe some of the stuff that we're sharing here could, could help spark some thoughts for you as well in coming up with your own lessons or adopting ours, right? Just because there are lessons doesn't mean they can't be your lessons too. Right. You know, Very you don't have true. to be a lesson hoarder. You share your <laughs> yeah. Stop being so selfish with your lessons. Come no, on. that's my lesson. You can't <laughs> my lesson, Dean. <laughs> my lesson was small habits. Don't <laughs> well actually I'm I'm gonna flow straight into one based off the back of what you said because I actually did I actually wrote uh I took some notes. I've been thinking about this show for a little while. And actually it, it almost seems planned, but it is absolutely not. One of my lessons from this year was actually in relation, you just said stepping, like there's got to be stepping stones uh sort of to, to your goals. So one of my lessons of this year, and and I've been I'm I'm certainly somebody that's guilty of this. Because I, as I'm sure a lot of people do, you, you, I'm sure you do, like we see such big potential in the projects that we're working on. Like we wouldn't have gone into them if we didn't, right? That's the, yeah. We're not going to go into something unless we believe it has massive potential. And the bigger that potential, the more it excites us, right? But one of the things that I found, especially as we've gone into this cosmetic space, is when you know there's such huge potential, there is a tendency, because we know the potential's there and we also believe in our capabilities and our abilities to fulfill that potential. One of the things I think I've been guilty of is setting my goals so big and then not putting in place smaller stepping stones to get there. Yeah. And that has actually caused me in parts to focus maybe on the right, the wrong areas at the wrong times. It's caused some degree at some points 
like a bit of a paralysis and not moving forwards at all because I, I've just got my eyes fixated on such a big thing and I don't feel like I can't see that we're there yet or even getting close. Instead of, you know, I think one of my one of my things that I want to adjust myself into is saying, okay, I understand the potential is way out there and I, I know what's possible and I believe we can get there. But what is going to be the path? Are we clear on the path rather than just that final destination? I think that's something I want to really enforce in myself for next year is breaking that that goal down, breaking down the potential and the path to those stepping stones. Mm. You know, and, it, and 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 I think the I think stepping stones is the perfect analogy. I, I talk with you know a lot of our clients about this. I I always picture it if you're stood on one side of a wide open river. And your destination is the other side of that river. You know you can't take it in one jump. But if yeah. you walk around the corner and saw stepping stones to get across, you could jump those. And yeah. piece by piece, you would get there. And I think my my error along the way at some points in this year is looking at the other side of the river and wanting to jump. And instead of taking those steps. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good because, you know, we um, – I don't, I don't really think there are very I, – I can't think of anything that – is unattainable when you have the right steps to get there. Right. Exactly. Right. Every, you know, big goals that are big, medium, small, like whatever, like you need to take, you need to break those things down into the smaller steps. And, uh, it, you know, and sometimes that will take a little bit of hard work, right? It's a little bit, right. it's, think, it's thinking, which is tough. Yeah. You know, if, if thinking, if critical thinking and doing this were easy, everybody would have everything that they want. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but it's not, it's, it's tough work and it requires commitment, but also requires that mindset that you're talking about, about understanding that it is not just a good idea to break things down into these small steps. It's really like the only way that yeah. you're going to get the clarity that you need to have confidence to take, uh, you know, kind of put one foot in front of another. I, I freaking love that. Yeah, no, and I, I think I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of internal game as well in, that goes into that. You know, it's not just physically developing the path or the plan and the stepping stones. I think I think psychologically, mentally, if you don't because you haven't defined stepping stone goals that you can actually attain to reach your long term goals, the the bigger the bigger visions. I think you can often get sort of feeling down. Like if progress isn't happening, it's the worst feeling in the world for entrepreneurs, right? If there's no progress, yeah. it's crippling, you know, for a lot of us, you know, and, but so if you can build yourself, give yourself the best chance of success by being able to take positive steps forward, you know, and, and that can build up that momentum and that great feeling that's going to spur you on. So I think there's so much to that lesson. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I get to vocalize it for myself. Like we say, I think this shows equally for us as yeah. it is for the listeners. So I hope everyone's, uh, can take something from these. Well, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the reasons, you know, we'd wanted to do this topic here was to inspire all of our listeners, to inspire you guys to really think about your lessons for this year. Right. right. Because, uh, you know, and I admitted that, journaling and all this stuff seemed sort of counterproductive because like, well, I'm already thinking that like I already know, <laughs> but, but writing it down, sharing it, making it real, uh, accelerates the learning process in a, in a fundamental way. And so, you know, do, do this with somebody, you know, with your significant other, with a business partner, with like your team. Um, you know, we've, I've, I've gotten into the habit 
of after, you know, we have a, a funnel launch or a project or something like immediately on the heels of that meeting with my team and being like, all right, what did we learn? Yeah. Right. right? Like, what did we <laughs> learn? Like, I don't want to, I want to extract every ounce of value out of everything. Right. And, uh, and part of that is like, what did I learn? Um, you know, as you're, as you're talking about the stepping stones, I, I thought about another, another thing that I wanted to bring up and it's a, I think, you know, for, uh, for, for those of us who coach people or consult people or, you know, are, um, in some sort of, uh, capacity like that, sometimes, uh, you have unconscious competence in what you do and then articulating how you do what you do makes it even more powerful. And one yeah. such thing for me this year was uh, this uh, this framework that I developed called the three levels of productivity. Right. And the first level is because because I think on the whole, when people hear productivity, they think, oh, it's like it's, you know, getting a lot of things done or, right. you know, <laughs> he's 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 just like, you know, uh, really efficient at what he does. And and people get a lot of satisfaction from checking things off their to-do list, which is, mm. uh, you know, scientifically proven and give you like a dopamine hit and right. all this other stuff. Right. <clears throat> but I started, I started thinking about like, well, what, like when people, you know, my, my highest level coaching clients and all these people, like, what are they, what are they really coming to me for? And, uh, and, and I think it's this concept of, uh, helping them focus on the right things at the right time. And so I, I started unpacking that and developed these three levels of productivity. And the first level is focus. The second level is execution. And the third level is efficiency. And at the first level, it's like the steering wheel in the car, right? If you're pointing the car in the right direction, you could kind of have a really slow car, but you're still going to get to where you want to go. Right. Yeah. Right. But if you're, if you're like, pointing the steering wheel in the wrong direction. Like you could have the most amazing car, you know, 500, 800 horsepower, and you could just be doing circles in a parking lot somewhere. <laughs> yes. Very true. Great analogy. Yeah. Right. And so like focus is like, where am I going? What am I doing? What am I, what am I trying to accomplish? And then execution is like the horsepower that you bring to that. Um, but here's the thing and why, why I thought about this with the, the steps that you talked about. If you have a, a goal, and the goal is, you know, I want to, you know, uh, you know, we just had, had Gina on the show recently and she's like, get my first 10 K month. Or, you know, we had, we've had, you know, so many amazing guests this year, but everybody, every one of us had a goal and everybody listening has a goal. And then you say, okay, like, here's my goal. And now here's what I need to do in order to achieve my goal. But you don't actually execute on the things to achieve your goal. You're, you, you're not running a valid experiment. Right. Meaning, meaning like you don't know whether the things that you were going to do were going to help you achieve your goal or not because you didn't do them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and so we can't, and then, but what happens to people is then they shift their focus, not because the focus was wrong, but because they read a, ran a flawed experiment and didn't execute effectively. And they're like, oh, it mustn't work. I need to try something else. Right. And that's what keeps us going in circles all the time 
And right. and it's kind of like, you know, you use the the, you know, the the press up analogy. <laughs> right? But like let's say your goal is, you know, I want to, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to, you know, be able to do, you know, 50 50 push-ups or whatever. And you're like, "Okay, cool. Well, what do I have to do to do that?" And you know, all right, I got to, you know, I got to eat a certain way or I got to do some exercise or whatever. And then you don't do those things. And you're like, yeah. ah, that must be the wrong goal. Like this whole thing is a sham. Like it doesn't work. Right. Well, it's not really that. It's that you didn't fully execute to the best of your ability on the things. And so you have no business changing your focus or changing your goal until you've run a valid experiment. Yes. To see whether the things that you needed to do actually get you what you want. Yes. Oh, very true. So true. Yeah. So very that's well, very well articulated. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's just that's been that's and so that's that's been something that I've been uh really focused on helping people with is let's let's be clear on our outcome, clear on the goal, break everything down into these really small manageable pieces and then execute like like nobody's business on those things and see see where that gets us. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. And 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 I tell you just just to, again it feels like we're just focusing in on this area but just just why we're here. You know, what again one of the things that I've noticed in myself this year. You know that uh there's that expression or phrase isn't there? Um how you do something is how you do everything. Yeah. And I I, I got to admit I didn't used to fully understand it i didn't used to see like you know how does that make sense you know how can two completely unrelated things show me you know how how you do something is how you do everything but i started noticing a few things um i don't know if this is just this year but maybe the last 18 months two years uh but i would notice you know if i had an alarm going off in the morning i got in a habit sometimes of being like oh it's so, feels so cold out of the bed i'm gonna just snooze <laughs> yeah and i started notice i i fell into this habit of snoozing my alarm and I started to then notice a few things that were occurring in my life. For example, like I was snoozing my alarm. I was late to places when I mm. shouldn't have been there. I would find reasons not to work out. And all of a sudden I started to see these attachments and notice these patterns. And I think that's been a real, really, really powerful thing for me. Because I think if you can identify those patterns, you know, because as much as, you know, we're sharing these lessons and, and, and effectively being able to give tips from these lessons, and I think I think one of the things is if you're going to do any of any or part or all of these things that we're talking about, sometimes when you're noting lessons, you know, some lessons are going to be good, right? They're going to come from good things. Some lessons are going to or most lessons are probably going to come when things don't go as well as they'd hoped. I think one of the one of the big things that I think is I just want to say at this point that that I've definitely learned is is on execution. Like lessons don't really mean anything if if you don't use them going forwards to your advantage. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like all these things that we're talking about here, I just want to be clear that like one of my lessons is that you can learn a lot and you can learn from good, bad, ugly. But if you don't use that to your advantage moving forwards, then what do they say? Like fool me once, shame on me. Fool yeah. me, something like that. Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And it's like, You've got to act on the lessons. So if you're going to go through and do these stuff, execution as well is, yeah. is going to be paramount to anything, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so we're here talking about lessons learned in 2020. Um, we'd love for you guys to drop a comment. Let us know what some of your lessons learned are. 
We're going to take a quick uh, a quick break, and we will be right back with more lessons learned. All right, you guys, we're interrupting this incredible episode to bring you a very important announcement. And that announcement is the new Just a Tips members area. What? What? <laughs> We've created a members area that has trainings right out of the gate from Dean and I on our best strategies to help you grow your business and Many of our guests that we've had on the show have offered to put some of their best stuff inside the members area to help you guys have access to all sorts of content that'll help you grow your marketing, grow your sales, make sure you're staying on top of your business and you can work on your business, not in your business, get more results in less time. I can't even, like the reason you don't even hear Dean right now is he's galloping around the studio on his horse from sheer excitement. Dean, can you please stop galloping for one second and tell our good-natured listeners what's going on? Roll that horse. So, uh, <laughs> so if I can slow this thing down, there's only one place you got to go to get all this good stuff, and that is jttshow.com. That's jttshow.com. It's all free, and I think you're going to love it. We will see you guys on the inside of the new Justin Tibbs members area, jttshow.com. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. After after you ride around on the horse in that in that in that spot, I can barely keep a straight face and even say anything else after that. That's amazing. I'm literally sat here listening to that, laughing my ass off. It doesn't matter how many times I hear it, it gets me every time. Oh, I freaking love that. So um so I wanna I wanna shift gears um a little bit. You know, we're talking about, you know, lessons learned and then what are you doing about the things. Um, you know, many Many of us, uh, you know, it, it's almost, I, I want to say unavoidable, but not, I, but I don't want to make it sound like a bad thing, but it's, it's unavoidable that you will need to figure out how to partner with people in some capacity as right. you grow your business, right? There's no possible way that, you know, all of the opportunities are going to come from you that all of the, you know, resources that you need all these other things. And I know so many people, you know, both starting entrepreneurs, seasoned entrepreneurs, um, you know, have desires and, uh, and, and the, you know, sort of ambition be like, Hey, I'm going to partner with this person. We're going to do something cool together. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I want to talk for a minute or two about, uh, so not, not everything that Dean and I work on is all, you know, roses, right? Sometimes things go horribly, horribly wrong. And, um, and I had a situation like that this year, which sort of sharpened my focus on really like, how do I pick the right people to partner with? Um, is this where you tell me this is the last time you're going to do this show? I was going to let easy. you down easy, but you, you're obviously catching on. You're, you know, you're smarter than I thought. So. You can see where this was leading. I noticed that like sad music creeping in. I'm sure I can hear it. <laughs> Little violins <laughs> are playing. Um, no, but uh, so so I had an experience. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention names, but I had an experience with with this person late last year where we we're like, okay, cool, like we're gonna partner up. You know, we're gonna you know move forward with this business. You know, she had a, a mastermind. I was coming in, going to add a ton of value and all this other stuff. And we get, uh, we get into it, and things just took a very unusual turn. Um, you know, first, uh, <laughs> for I know it sounds crazy, 
First, she's like, you know, I've been in love with you and all this sort of thing. And then next thing I know, even though we're trying to work through that, uh, you know, then, then it's just like, she shafted me on like tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And the whole thing, um, the whole thing sort of went sideways. And I was sitting there wondering like, okay, how do I, how do I make sure that something like this, or at least how do I reduce the likelihood of something like this? Cause you can't prevent crazy but you can prevent doing business with crazy. And you got to like, you got to have some benchmarks in terms of who you work with in order to uh, make a project successful. Because the truth is, it doesn't matter how good the opportunity is. It doesn't matter how good the deal is. If the people that you're working with are going to become weird or difficult or like unstable, None of that other stuff matters. Like the people right. aspect of the deals that you create are the most important thing. And it's the reason why, you know, investors and, you know, VC firms and these other things are like, I will take an A level management team with a B level idea as opposed to a B level management team with an A level idea because they know yeah. and they put their money behind the people. Right. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to, I want to bring this up and it's, you know, it's, um, you know, I'm intentionally not sharing too many details here, but enough for you to know that, you know, there was a situation where I went through the ringer and I was like, okay, this isn't right. And, and so what, uh, what I've done is really, because I've had, you know, numerous other opportunities throughout the course of the year and I've capitalized on two of them that are going extremely well but I've gotten so much more focused on, is this person trustworthy, Hmm. right? And not getting caught up in the moment of the opportunity and the possibility and all these things, but like looking at the person or the partners that I'm getting into business with and really looking at their history and their track record and, you know, what they've done and how they've shown up for other people and all these things, are they trustworthy? Do they have the right experience for mm-hmm. uh, for what we're trying to do together? And is this somebody that I feel good about telling other people that I'm working with, right? Or is it yes. some? Is it like, oh, like am I going to feel like in some way like I got to hide this because there's you got to unpack these things and I and I so I wanted to share this and I and I'd love to hear what you have to say, but. Because it's so important who you work with that if you're not evaluating that with an even higher level of vigor than you do the opportunities you're taking on, you're probably going to run into disappointment. Um, and you know, maybe it'll cost you money, maybe it won't cost you money. <laughs> maybe they tell you they're in love with you, maybe they don't. <laughs> but the point is, like, evaluate the person or the people in isolation of the project and then evaluate the merits of the project in isolation of the people so that you have clear criteria for you on what is a go no go um before you uh before you jump in and really start investing time and money into things yeah no that's a uh, it's a great point I, I feel it is only fair before i you know give further feedback that i tell you that uh i love you <laughs> <laughs> 
um, but in all serious now, um, I think this is a, a really, really good thing. So obviously it's, it's never good when you go through an experience like that. And like you say, the unfortunate thing is, you know, you can never, you can never be 100% that that's no. not going to happen. People change. That's the, uh, that's the reality. Or sometimes people mask who they are or what's actually going on. And so there's always going to be elements there outside of your control. But I think you make a great point that, you know, there are many elements that are in your control. It is ultimately the work you do before that decision moves forwards that is in your control. You get to decide how you go on based on the information that you have or can seek. And I think the important thing that I've always said, because I, um, my first sort of business partnership as such was back in 2010. And I was very inexperienced myself back then. You know, I'd only sort of left my job about 18 months before to kind of go into this stuff full time. And my, um, without going into the details of that, one of the things that I can look back on and see is that I think business relationships, partnerships, friendships, they can break down like any other relationship. Yeah, And I think it's important to not view a business relationship as something that's less important than your decision going into a you know intimate relationship or any kind of friendship or relationship you would have if you were to settle down with someone think about starting a family getting married whatever however far down that path you choose to go like you would have certain things that you would be looking for in a partner you would have certain I don't know. I don't know if expectations is right, but to a degree, certain expectations, non-negotiables of of what makes you happy in a relationship, and everybody gets to decide themselves. And you aim to find a partner that is equally matched with you. And I think sometimes, you know, a business relationship isn't identical to that because it can often be great to have completely different skill sets and be of value to each other in that partnership. Yeah. But when it comes down to actually assessing who you're going into business with, that decision is monumental. You know, it is not a one night stand that you walk out of after one day. You know, it is, yeah. it is, yeah. you are getting into bed and staying in bed, you know, pre preferably if it all goes well for many, many years, perhaps. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. I think it's so important that, like you say, is like, make sure you clear on what you look for in a partner in every, yeah. in every aspect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so, you know, this, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have changed anything. And this, and this right. isn't the first time where, you know, I've had, I've had deals that have been amazing and deals sure. that have gone unsuccessful. It's the first time it's happened like this. I thought you was going to say, and this isn't the first time a business partner's fell in love with me. No, right? no, no, no. That's the first <laughs> time for that. But, uh, but it's, it's not the first time that things have fallen apart. It's, it was a strange way that they fell apart. But, um, but I, I really did take a look back. I was like, okay, let me look at all the all the deals that have gone really well and all the ones that haven't. Yeah. And generally speaking, all the ones that hadn't were ones where I didn't really evaluate the people component of the deal as much as I was looking at the opportunity okay. and the possibility and what we could create and you know all those things. And I was like, oh wow. You know, this, and, but this goes to what we're talking about today, lessons learned and putting those things into practice because in looking at that, and I was like, okay, well, how do I create clear criteria for me to evaluate the people side of things in a more deliberate, focused and intentional way so that I increase the odds of success going forward? Yeah, no, that's great. And that again, comes back to, doesn't it? Is like, 
noting and learning your lessons from your past experiences and using those in future to to be do even better, be better, whatever, yeah. however you want to word it. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously one of the lessons I learned there was just like, don't be so damn charming. <laughs> right. Well, I have to say, this is why often I'm quite standoffish and insult you because I find myself unbearably drawn to you. I can't even explain <laughs> it. Like, it's just weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figure just, if yeah. I keep throwing enough insults, I'll break this emotion somehow, some way. Well, you can't help yourself. I'm just a good catch. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so moving along, um, I had, uh, I had something else that I wrote down that I thought would be really important to share here. Go for it. And, um, it's about setting expectations. Ooh. Uh, you know, I, I find a lot of people, and this goes back to the, the thing that we're talking about a little bit with the, you know, the, the steering wheel and the horsepower and all that other stuff. A lot of times because entrepreneurs like us are so optimistic about the future, we have unrealistic expectations Yeah. Um, in terms of like our optimism and what we think is possible and all that. And I'm not advocating we get rid of our optimism. But what I do find happens is when I've set an expectation and then it doesn't happen, it's almost like disappointment is the default, right? You're like, oh, ah, right. like we were supposed to, you know, we haven't even talked about your Black Friday thing, but maybe this is a good example. Yeah, We were supposed to like, you know, double our sales or we were supposed to do this and we didn't like, ah, like it sucks. And my thinking is the expectation in and of itself was a work of fiction of some kind, yes. right? And yeah. And we were saying, well, this is what I think uh, is, is going to happen, but just because it doesn't, doesn't mean that you need to be disappointed, right? Because you yes. don't have an expectation, like you're under no obligation to be disappointed. Yeah. Zero. Like nobody's like, Oh, you didn't make your expectation. Like you need to be disappointed. Like it's a choice to be disappointed. And in that moment is the opportunity to evaluate was my expectation like way off? Was my execution off? Like, where did this thing, where did my reality not meet my expectation and look at it more like a scientist trying to study a situation as opposed to, ah, like, I'm just pissed now. My expectation <laughs> right. wasn't met and this whole thing sucks. Definitely. Well, well, I, it, it's been, a, this has been a subject I've thought about a lot in recent months and and I think, you know, it is it is clear, like all like a lot of anger, if not all, comes from in some form unmet expectation. Like I expected something different of you. I expected this to happen and it didn't happen. I expected more than what we're getting. I would expect I should be further ahead than where I am now. I expected yeah. this person to be a better person than that. Yeah. You know, right. And it creates anger, disappointment, frustration. And um, I, I think it's actually, I, I think, uh, I don't know if today's the right show, but I think expectation is a fascinating thing to think about. I've often, you know, toyed with the idea of like, should you even have any expectation? Yeah, I think that's well, interesting. I mean, I think that. Like, is it, possible, is it possible to have goals and aspirations and targets without having an expectation of them? Is it possible to go into relationships business deals, partnerships, friendships without any expectation. Is that possible? Or is it even healthy? You know, I, like I say, I don't know if this is for this show, but I think there's a great conversation in there somewhere. 
Yeah, the, yeah, we definitely need to talk about that. We all, you know, um, you know, I think, I think there's a there's a time and place for expectation, and then there's a time and place to not have expectation. Um, but what you do with the expectation, I think, is uh, is everything. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, is this expectation going to cause me to? feel a certain way if you know it's met or it's not met it's like okay well it is what it is right and this is we're kind of getting in the realm of uh stoicism and you know the whole sort of philosophy <laughs> on just you know seeing reality for what it is and expect and like just yeah okay well that's that's what happened right it's the it's the whole thing that i love to uh talk about that i learned from jocko willink in the book extreme ownership the navy seals were like anytime something happens good you know good bad or, in, or otherwise something happens they're like good right and it's good because it happened right, right. and it's good because that's what's real yeah. our expectations are not real they're they're you know conjured up and uh and i think it's appropriate that we have them mm. but a reaction to them i think says a lot about how we think yes and and yeah. how quickly we can adjust right because if we don't meet our expectation and then we spend weeks or <laughs> whatever yeah. you know oh like oh my god right like this partnership situation i was talking about right like it happened i was like okay fine what am i going to do about it you know like pretty pretty quickly like within you know a couple of hours at the most right and but but I could have been like, oh, like this whole thing and like fell apart and like blah blah blah, yeah. right? And and like it's a disaster. And, I'm so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but it just and like it, and it just can just like drag out. Right. Yeah. And um and you don't want that because that takes away the power that you have now to do something. Right. And it's like, okay, this is what happened. Got it. I understand where the expectation was out of line with reality. Now let me get back to reality, right? Yeah. And I think uh, resetting the expectation is uh, is is what you need to do. Um, whether it's possible to not have any expectations, I don't know. That's a that is a interesting thing. I, I'm definitely going to think about that. Um, mm. I have some initial reactions, but I don't know if I really believe my initial reactions on it. That's what I mean. It's something to think about. That's why I yeah. threw it in. It is an interesting no, thought. That's really good. Um, all right. I think we got, we got time for maybe like one or two more quick lessons. Well, like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something in. Uh, I think it's a really important one for, for anybody that's got their own products or services, something you're selling of your own online where you have control of the sales process. Um, I've made this mistake in the past as well. So I, I, I wouldn't say I've made this mistake this year, but I've really strengthened my clarity on how important this is. And that is understanding the sheer importance and significance of focusing on the back end of your business, meaning the oh, sales, the future sales of your customers. I can't begin to tell you how easy it is for me to slip into the habit of trying to squeeze every pet. And I'm not saying this isn't wrong, but at the right time, yeah. but I've been you know, guilty numerous times of trying to squeeze every last dollar of average order value on front end funnels and thinking about, oh, if I do that upsell, would that be better than this or that or this? And don't get me wrong, this isn't fixing a broken funnel. This is trying to fine tune a working, like good performing, optimized funnel already instead of 
okay, we are acquiring customers at a suitable cost. What are we doing in the back end to make this thing even more profitable and serve these customers continually at a higher level? And I think, you know, when you, I think it, an interesting thing comes when you start looking at like your accounts and where your money's going and the in, the outs and everything. And you realize and you see like just slight incremental improvements in the back end. And I'm talking points of a percent yep. can equal can make the front end immaterial. It doesn't matter. Like when you see the number different, like you can try and squeeze uh, an extra 5% on the front end or an upsell after they see that front end, and it will still likely not equal a 0.1% improvement on conversion on your back end offer. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's so important. I think, again, you mentioned it earlier, which is I haven't spoke about it much, is focus, but focus in on the right areas. Yes. And I think like that is that that's not just a lesson from this year from a mistake. That's a continual reminder. Focus in the right areas to, you know, in the front end, back end to make sure that you're applying your attention and, and resource in the correct place. Oh, man. I uh, but pure gold right there, man. Honestly, everybody needs to like listen to that little clip two or three more times at least. So, so incredibly important because the front end and all that stuff is like, it feels very shiny. It feels very, uh, very attractive. Um, right. and, and you're just like, wait a second, we're leaving all sorts of crazy money on the table, crazy money by not yeah. doing what you're talking about. I could, I could not agree more. Um, it's, it doesn't feel like a natural way of thinking for no, some reason. Um, but it's, it's so incredibly powerful. Uh, and, and important. I totally agree. I've got nothing to add. Yeah. Well, I think, I think like the thing is like, depending on what circles and communities you hang out in, you know, what is pretty common to see, oh my gosh, I just launched this offer. I've got 10% conversions, dude. And you're like, okay, like I appreciate your vanity. Like how's the business doing? (laughs) You know? And so like, I think it naturally leads you if you're exposed to those sort of messages and things continually though, it can lead you to think, well, that's the game. I'm yeah. trying to get the highest converting front end offer I can because that's the game. That's what you can raise your status about in the communities, right? I can be that guy. Yeah. But really, like, like pay attention. What's vanity and what really matters, you know? And oh man, so critical. Good. And and I would say, like, you know, I'm not sitting here all high and mighty. I didn't think this way for a long time. In fact, it took me starting to spend good money on paid ads till that lesson really kicked in. Yeah. like when you when you go when you're like oh i'm gonna spend a couple of hundred a day on ads let's see how this goes and like something works and you ramp up 10 tenfold in like three days now now your attention needs to shift fast like (laughs) it lights a fire in you right yeah totally no that's so good that's so good um i think uh i think we should uh we should wrap it up on that note oh such gold it's worth ending on such gold is worth ending on, um, unless you have uh, any parting thoughts. I mean, like, like I said, you know, when we started this show, you know, this uh, we want to we want to talk about this and just you know broad topics. What are the lessons? Like, what are the biggest things that are sticking out to us at the end of the year? Sure, you know, for Dean and I to share with each other, share with you guys, and also to inspire you to sit down. You know, it doesn't have to be. Don't make it a big thing, right? 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, like whatever you feel like you have time or appetite for 
seal in the lessons, seal in the lessons. You know, what am I going to do about it? You know, the exercise that I do is three questions. What, you know, what went well, what needs to be improved and what am I going to do about it? Those three things. Like if you just keep asking yourself those three things, and this is a great time to start. We're here at the end of the year. Um, and we wanted to uh, share and inspire, hopefully, uh, you guys to do something similar for yourselves in your life and in your business. Um, Dean, any, anything else before we go? Yeah, no, just, I couldn't, couldn't add too much onto what you've said, but I, you know, I, I think there's some great tips for, for me that's come out of this conversation. I love the whole write a lesson a day down. Like, I, I honestly think like you are serving yourself and creating like next year's content yeah. all at the same time. Like I'm, I, I lo- absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, I think like you say, the, the, the thing, the, the double thing for, for listeners of this show, I hope you've enjoyed uh, sharing in some of our lessons and tips uh, of our experiences, but likewise, go away and do this yourself. Have a good thing yeah. about like run your own mental podcast. What are my lessons of this year? Absolutely. You know, if, I was on, if I was a guest with James and Dean on that show, what tips would I be sharing? You yeah. know, there you go. There's the foundations of uh, capitalizing on your lessons of the year for yourself. So yeah, exciting times ahead. I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to next year. I know this year has been a certainly a, an unpredictable one. If if we could put any word on it, unpredictable would be certainly up there. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but above all, you know, I think lessons like this come, and it, and it shows you that we all have the ability to focus on and control the things that we can control. And if you can try and keep that focus on what you can control and not get too swept away with areas and matters and subjects that you can't. Uh, I think that's going to serve all of us very, very well in the future. Yeah. Well said. Well, we're going to wrap it up. You guys, thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you reach out, leave a comment. Uh, tell us what you think about the show. Um, take it easy on Dean. He means well. You like, you don't have to be too, too mean to him. Um, and uh, we wish you guys uh, happy holidays. We're looking forward to another great year of just tips uh, coming at you in 2021. And for now, we're going to wrap it up here and leave you guys uh, happy holidays. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, Visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.